0: Hello and welcome to the Travel Diaries podcast. I'm Holly Rubinstein, your host and travel journalist. And here today it's July 1st, which means it's Canada Day. And we are going to be celebrating Canada with this bonus destination special episode. And stay tuned to the end of the episode when I'll be announcing some big news too. Canada has been mentioned so many times as a favourite destination on the podcast by everyone from Ben Fogel and Dan Snow to Nadia Hussein and Ella Eyre. And today, in celebration of Canada Day, I thought it would be a great opportunity to shine a light on a region of Canada that has historically been somewhat overlooked by tourists, but is now gaining a real hype with in-the-know travellers. And that's the region of Atlantic Canada. Today I'm joined by writer and adventurer Hugh Francis Anderson, who has written extensively about Atlantic Canada, and he's here to share his travel diaries from the region. Hugh, welcome to the Travel Diaries podcast and happy Canada Day.
1: Happy Canada Day. Thank you for having me, Holly. It's great to be here chatting with you.
0: Well, first and foremost, an area that is getting a real buzz about it, but actually what Listeners might want to know first is you know, what actually is Atlantic Canada? What parts of Canada comprise Atlantic Canada?
1: Yeah, I mean, Atlantic Canada is is a wonderful place. It's um, the east coast, the eastern provinces of of Canada, Um, and it's comprised of of four provinces. You found on Labrador in the north, uh, coming down into Nova Scotia, there's Prince Edward Island, and then New Brunswick. And it's quite a remarkable place because it's about twice the size of the British Isles with a population of only two and a half million. So wow. it's quite undiscovered. It's sort of mm. quite a, a, a hidden gem of a place to, to actually get to visit and, and travel to.
0: Where would you fly into if you wanted to start a trip there?
1: The easiest way is to go to Halifax and from Halifax, you can fly around. So for, for my own journey, we flew into Halifax and then flew on to um, to St. John um, in Newfoundland and Labrador.
0: So tell me about this trip that you took most recently in Atlantic Canada. What did it involve?
1: Yeah, well, you know, I've been quite fascinated with Canada in general and spent a lot of time in the West. Um, But I wanted to learn more about uh, the eastern provinces. Atlantic Canada is only maybe just over five hours from London on on a flight. So it's quite an easily accessible place to get to. But Mm. I'm also obsessed with road trips, getting on the road, having adventure, getting out there. And I thought, wouldn't it be awesome with the Atlantic provinces to sort of fly into the north and then just make a really lovely journey uh, through the provinces um, to then depart from Halifax again to go back home. So I did that with the photographer Alex Fleming over about three weeks and we covered about 3,000 miles in the end, just just exploring.
0: Mm, that sounds wonderful. And what was it that drew you to the region? Why Why did you particularly choose Atlantic Canada to visit?
1: I'd sort of heard general mumblings, you know, you and I are in, in the travel industry and and um you know we're around we're around a lot of uh, news with regards to travel and I heard general mumblings about Atlantic Canada. So I started doing a bit of research into it and and I knew nothing about it and I think that's the best catalyst for going on a journey is if you know nothing about an area. And when we think of Canada, Canada is a well-known place, a well-known travel destination, but the eastern provinces I'd really heard very little about. So it intrigued me and I thought well, let's do this. Let's just get on the road and go and explore it and see what it's really about.
0: Well, we are going to bring to life this spectacular part of the world. I've been looking at photos of it, and it looks incredible. Uh, uncovering your Atlantic Canada travel diaries across four chapters, so a slightly abridged version of you know the normal um, episodes. But we're going to start off with chapter one, and that is the first place that you fell in love with there.
1: Yeah, it was... Um... It's been interesting looking through these questions, and I've really enjoyed it because when I'm on the road, I try to keep my own travel diary. Uh, I try to keep oh, notes how each act? day. <laughs> I know I try to keep um, keep uh, notes of everything, and I th- I think it's a very important thing to do generally when traveling because you remember anecdotes, you remember people and places that you might otherwise forget. So it was lovely to get to go through that again. Um, I think that. The first place I fell in love with is the Alexander Murray Trail, which is in Newfoundland Labrador. It was earlier on in the trip. Um, and so it was my first uh, taste of really what the provinces were like. Mm-hmm. Newfoundland Labrador is, is is quite a vast, uh, vast province. And it's there's a lot of dense forests. There's lots of mountains, more to the north. And I think, you know, for me as somebody who loves adventure and being outdoors, um, I really got a sense of... Uh, I think what Newfoundland and Labrador was at Alexander Murray trail. Mm -hmm. So it's near this place called Kings point Kings points on the the shore of green Bay and on the Northeast of, of Newfoundland and Labrador. And it was quite lovely because we had, we'd we'd driven there and we'd, we'd pulled over beside the bay and the sun was setting. It was this incredibly um, dramatic, beautiful vista. And there was a local fisherman and we got chatting to him and, um, and he said, you know, you should, you should be here. Um, earlier in the year earlier in the year there uh, are icebergs the size of articulated lorries just floating down the bay which is incredible yeah Yeah. and then and and even even humpbacks just feeding you know meters from the shoreline so i kind of got a sense of the mystery of this place we then went to bed very early so we could wake up um i really fancied uh, a sun a sunrise hike i think if you can do it it's a lovely thing to do to wake up early and get out there Um, and get exploring and so we did this on the alexander murray trail Mm -hmm. it's not a big not a big hike it's eight kilometers round trip uh but it takes 1100 steps to reach reach the top of this and i was looking through my travel diaries and there was a sentence that i'd written down later that day that i liked um that really instilled in me again the sense of um adventure and place of it and and i'll read that for you if you if you like
0: that would be great
1: with the immediateness of a strong gust the sun rose on the horizon Lighting the low-lying mist floating through the forest far below, highlighting its glacial progression towards the ocean. In, in that, I um I think that it really gave me a sense of place. And it mm. gave me a sense of the adventure that was about to happen. You know, you asked for the first place you fell in love with. I think that was really the first place I fell in love with because it was the moment that I went, Great, we're on the road. We're on, we're having an adventure, off we go. Mm.
0: Um as the sun rose. What was it that you saw?
1: Yeah, as the sun rose, you you we ha- you're on a high point there so you can see the whole all of Green Bay, which is an incredibly long bay that goes out out to the Atlantic, and you see the low lying hills. Um, it's not very mountainous there, but the low lying hills are full of forests of pine, rich smells. Again, this sort of ethereal sense with the fog rising mm. as the sun rises and starts to burn it off. Um, it was sort of magical. I think that's the best way to describe it. It was magical. I also like the idea. You know, I quite like history, and I like the idea that um, this was named after Alexander Murray, who was the first person to map Newfoundland and Labrador. Right. Yeah, I like the idea of this sort of, yeah, sense of adventure that you know, once upon a time, he stood here and was mapping this land, and he was on an adventure. And it's the 21st century, but it's new to me.
0: Yeah, and did it have almost an untouched feeling about it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Other than the the path is fairly well marked, and, and there are steps that you can take. But once you're up at the top, you know, you're in a part of, of, of Canada that doesn't get a lot of footfall. So you still, it's it's hidden. It really is a gem for that. Um, mm. There isn't a lot of building around. It's just uh, sort of rolling hills, mountains, forests, Almost fjord-like. It's amazing.
0: Mm, sounds fantastic. So, how about chapter two? A really tough one, always for mm. my guests, which is picking your all-time favorite destination in the region.
1: Mm. Yeah, this is tough, uh, especially over a three-thousand-mile road trip. But yeah, um, I think when I looked at it, I, I thought about um, something that would give me a, a sense of. The journey. The purpose of it was to go out on the road and be have a road trip, have the adventure of that. So for that reason, it would be in Nova Scotia on Cape Breton Island. So Cape Breton Island is separated from mainland Nova Scotia just by a single road. But um, on Cape Breton Island in the north is is um, a route called the Cabot Trail. It's about three hundred kilometers long, and it's named after the Italian explorer uh, John Cabot who first discovered this part of the world. And I think that what was so lovely about this is that. You get the sense of it being a road trip. I, again, I, I, I noted in my diary that it was sort of like a transcendental serpent as the roads meandered through forests and mountains. And you've kind of got this big juxtaposition with pine forests that reach a coastal road that then just falls away into the ocean, into the Atlantic. And, and it's quiet. There's very little traffic there's an abundance of wildlife and and the reason why I say this is sort of of, uh, uh, as the best spot for the road trip is because being on the road is one thing but it's also about stopping along the way so along this 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 trail we stopped and we kayaked we saw bald eagles and I later found out that Cape Breton is um has the, the the highest numbers of bald eagles anywhere in, in eastern canada
0: oh that's incredible that's a real selling point in itself to absolutely. get to see birds like that in the wild is something that is a bucket list for so many people
1: absolutely we just a, a, and it's just as simple as looking up i mean it really was that just kayaking really? along. Oh, and there's a bald eagle and then there's a juvenile flying nearby and you can see eagles nests it's wonderful Ugh. Um, but similarly you, so you you go from that you then go into you know an abundance of hiking trails both advanced but also um intermediate and beginner hiking trails in cape breton national park these sort of little stop offs on the road really um i don't know help give a sense of place and i really enjoyed being there i mean it's interesting i was thinking about this you know maybe the reason for it is also because nova scotia means new scotland and there is a sense of that those who have spent time in scotland will also get a a sense of there's a slight familiarity to it which is also really lovely
0: oh that's interesting in terms of nova scotia say in comparison to newfoundland and labrador do they vary a lot in how they appear like in terms of the landscape the topography
1: um I think there are certainly similarities especially Cape Breton which is which is uh, heavily forested. Um I think mainland Nova Scotia is is slightly different and of course mainland Nova Scotia has Halifax it's the capital I think maybe even up to 30 40% of of the population live in and around Halifax. Of course there's also the urban environment there that for those that are searching for that.
0: Mm. speaking of which actually I mean this episode is very much a love letter to the wilds to nature were there any kind of standout urban experiences or maybe restaurants or or places that you visited that also um would feature in your travel diaries there
1: yeah ab- absolutely I think it has to be in Halifax for me I had this incredible experience whilst we were on the road people, and I, I, I promise you, it was maybe five separate people on separate occasions said, when you're in Halifax, you have to, you know, explore downtown and find this place called Bar Kismet, which we did um, towards the end of the trip. Bar
0: Kismet. Bar
1: Kismet. Yes. Um,
0: bar Kismet. Okay. And
1: um, it was just incredibly quaint. It's very small, but very trendy um, bar come restaurant. Just sort of looks like a house from the outside and um but inside it's just w- wonderful it's a, it's walk-in and it's run by um, a young couple in their early 30s called jenna and annie jenna is an award-winning cocktail barman and annie is a is a french trained chef and they came together to create bar Kismet. i mean it's quite an amazing couple actually and they came together mm-hmm. to create bar Kismet, and but they run it so annie's in the kitchen um jenna is front of house and making the cocktails which are uh, amazing and I suppose you get this, um, I don't know, it's its just a really lovely vibe. You're drinking, for example, like a phenomenal Negroni, but then with char-grilled carrots drenched in Bernays sauce. You know, it's just these things that you would never put together, but in this case you mm. do. And that was, yeah, quite a, a lovely dining experience, but also to be in the inv- urban environment after. So much time spent on the road and in, in the wilderness, it was quite a nice sort of punch of of life again, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, 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 definitely. I imagine the the produce there is amazing. I mean, is there a huge amount of fresh seafood coming in off off the coast?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the best spot for that, the most well-known spot for that is Prince Edward Island, which is totally, totally different to all the other provinces in the respect that it's much smaller, but it's also protected from the wild Atlantic by Nova Scotia. It's got the Gulf of Lawrence behind it. So the waters are warm. So I think I'm right in saying that Prince Edward Island is the oyster capital of Canada. A lot most of the of the top oysters come from Prince Edward Island, mm. and yeah, it, it's a phenomenal place. I, I again looking through my travel diaries, I'd noted that um, when we arrived there, because it's it's small and quaint, and it's got a warmer climate. There are few, there are far fewer trees, and there's a lot more farmland. And I noted in my diary that. It was sort of like the opening scene of Little House on the Prairie when the when the Ingle daughters run down through the grass. That's sort of the image that came to mind when I uh, when we were driving through. Uh. And I think you know talking about the produce and the incredible um, incredible gastronomy there is also the Inn at Bay Fortune, which is owned and run by um, Chef Michael Smith, who's quite a well known chef um, in Canada, actually, I think globally. But he has this uh, he he runs this meal called the Fireworks Feast. And I think it's a really lovely way to sort of um, get totally ingrained in the meal that you're eating. So for an, uh, the first hour of it, you spend in the gardens on the farmland with their farmer. Really it's super enthusiastic chap called Kevin Petrie. He talks about the organic ethos of, of of all the produce that's made. And it's also up to him what the chefs use. Each day he goes into the into the gardens and says, okay, this is ready. This is ready. This is what you've got to work with for the feast tonight. Oh
0: my God. What fun. Yeah.
1: It's amazing. It's a really lovely collaboration of people there who, who, who just sort of, and it's all about making an experience. So you then spend the next hour having oysters from, you know, some of the best oysters in the world, drinking cocktails, talking to strangers, and then you go inside for the feast itself. But here is the thing that I loved most about it is that it's all farm style. they maybe 25, 30, maybe even 40 people. And you're all on long tables, eating great food, drinking great drink, sort of becoming very merry together. But again, it's about the experience of it. And, and that's sort of something that stuck with me as we continued on.
0: This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June.
2: fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Today's episode is supported
0: by Airbnb. even more rewarding. Instead of letting your home sit empty while you're off exploring new destinations, why not turn it into a cosy retreat for fellow travellers? airbnb.co.uk forward slash host thank you to airbnb for supporting the travel diaries right chapter three then is your hidden gem a hidden gem among already so many hidden gems so let's let's dive a little bit deeper what what place did you feel was a really special discovery on this um trip most recently
1: yeah as you say it's a lot of hidden i mean any one of these things that i think i've mentioned could be a hidden gem but it's um I think for me, it was over in New Brunswick in a place called Kuchibakwak National Park. It took me a long time to figure out how to actually pronounce Kuchibakwak because it's native, <laughs> it's native Mi'kmaq and, and it's not spelt how it sounds. But anyway, figured that out. I think what I love, like I, I mentioned earlier, I, re, I, I love history. And I think that you get a real sense of history when you're in New Brunswick and you're in um, Kuchibakwak, you know, the main language is still French. It was an 18th century uh, French colony called Arcadia as a Sure, most many of your listeners will know, and still ancient forests, and it still has a, its huge ties back to the native Mi'kmaq from 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 before then. So I think that for those reasons, I like that um, it was nature, but also um, sort of overlaid with a sense of history and place. Like that, that, it's not modern; it's old, and I and I quite like that. And I think that's something mm. that's very charming. And it was also the first time that we were camping. We've discussed uh, that f- fresh seafood is 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 incredible in, in all of the provinces. But for example, we went down to the local wharf where fishermen had just come in from the day and we picked up four lobsters from them for about 25 pounds, something like that, wow. just directly from, from the fishermen that we could then eat. By a campfire. I mean, it's just those really magical things, and, and that's something gourmet that,
0: camp food.
1: Gourmet <laughs> camp food. Yeah, there's something that anybody <laughs> can do, um, and I really like that.
0: Really interesting. How of these four provinces, one of them has only one of them has French as the official language, and the other three have English. That's a, like a real contrast.
1: Yeah, it's quite surprising, really, because you you cross over from as we did from Prince Edward Island, and um, yeah, you get this. Suddenly, you're talking to people, and it's, and it's and it's strange because it's definitely French, but it's crossed with the North American accent. You've sort of not really experienced it anywhere before, <laughs> and everybody sounds like that. It's it's wonderful. I mean, it's wonderful. And it's total testament to the individuality of these provinces, right? There. Yeah, and we're so close to the others, and also next to Maine uh, to, to to Maine to, in North America. It's incredible that uh, yeah that it could have such a it's such such a strong identity of its own.
0: Mm, mm. yeah it sounds that sounds incredible so finally then i know that this is a destination that you are really keen to get back out to in the future obviously you you covered a huge amount of ground in your time that you've spent there but chapter four is the destination that's at the top of your travel bucket list when you return there where would you like to go
1: I think the the big one for me is um, Gros Morne National Park in the northwest of Newfoundland, Labrador. It's a UNESCO World Heritage site, and um, I think it's about two thousand square miles of fjords, mountains, expanses of wilderness, hiking, massive hikes. Um, and I think that if I could go back with more time, it would be a wonderful place to go back and really spend. Uh, you know, five days exploring this national park, hiking, camping, just being out in the wilderness in a place that also doesn't get much footfall. That's, you know, you can really go and get lost. And I think that's something that's definitely pulling me back.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Hugh, for bringing this part of Canada to life. My head is kind of swirling with images of bald eagles and mountains and forests and lobster. So very tempted to head out there as soon as I can. Thank you so much for transporting us there and inspiring
1: us. Thanks for having me. It was a joy to share it with you.
0: A new place to add to our travel wish list. I really hope you enjoyed that. And thanks to Hugh, you can see some of the photos from his Atlantic Canada adventure on Instagram at Hugh Francis Anderson. To my Canadian listeners, I hope you're enjoying the festivities today, sending you lots of love. Thank you for your support as always. My big news I mentioned at the start is that season five of the podcast begins on Tuesday. It has come around so quickly. So make sure you've subscribed on your podcast app of choice so that each episode is delivered to your podcast library when it's released. I'll be back then. In the meantime, thanks for listening and take care. Airbnb.co.uk forward slash host. Thank you to Airbnb
2: for supporting the travel diaries. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh